Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Thank you for downloading episode 298. This week we have Ivy League not-so-safe spaces, bailing on Congress, shaking some sense into a U.S. representative, special session details, burning down the House, Black Friday went off with a bang, guess who's hiring, and hunting the Bidens. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, Representative Emeritus Ken Pullen. Hey, Dave. I like the uh, lead in there. There's some good topics we, we're going to discuss today. Yeah, I mean it was that it was a uh, it was a interesting week. It was. It was very interesting. Uh, I guess I guess the the big news in college football is that they're screaming that FSU got the shaft. Yeah, last weekend or two weekends ago, as the broadcast drops, was quite a weekend. Uh, I don't Georgia lost, uh, and is all Georgia fans are wanting Georgia to get in top four. I pretty much knew that wasn't going to happen after they got beat. But yeah, FSU went undefeated, didn't get in. There's been a lot of uh, news about that. Even I, I think you saw the governor of Florida said he would devote a million dollars of taxpayer funds to doing some type of investigation into the BCS committee. I thought Good that was kind of overboard. <laughs> you, you think now? <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, that was the fact is it's a it's a it's a moving target with the with the the playoff committee. Yep. You and I were talking before. Do I think FSU is one of the top four uh, teams in the nation right now, down to their second or third quarterback? No, I don't. Do I think the players earned a spot? Yes. So, I know what you mean. So is life fair? No, life's not fair. But if they were to line up right now, again, in the number four slot and play Michigan, Michigan would kill them. I mean, it would be, it would be, it would be an embarrassment and – and honestly, when you when you when you're talking about these games, is is eyeballs or dollars? And yeah. when people tune in, and it's going to be twenty eight nothing in the first quarter, people people just change the channel. They yeah, just go to they something do. else. They do. And, look, and everybody says a twelve team playoff next year will fix this. Look, they'll still be arguing about who gets in or not. Uh, if you know the NCAA basketball tournament every March. People are arguing about should the 64th or 65th team get in. I mean, we're still going to have debates next year. It just won't be at this magnitude, I don't think. If you're undefeated next year, you'll definitely get in the top 12. I mean, unless you're talking about an undefeated, like, FBS Liberty. team. Yeah, or, Liber- yeah, I think Liberty's undefeated. Uh, so, yeah, it, but it'll be less of, like, Georgia would automatically get in next year. Even though they lost, you'd have an Ohio State in, FSU would be in. So it will open it up. So that'll be fun to see. Well, and I think you get more Cinderella stories like you do in the in the basketball tournament. Yeah, definitely. You will but get like a you couple have a, more. You have a, yeah, you get a number twelve sneak in and and, uh, and then run away with the trophy. Yeah, that would be interesting <clears throat> if it happened. So you went to the Spalding County GOP meeting. Yeah, so I attended a GOP meeting last night for the first time in a while. It was uh, it was interesting. So I, I heard a lot. Uh, there were four things that were brought, and I went because there's a guy running against. There was a guy speaking there that's running against Congressman Drew Ferguson, and I just wanted to hear what he had to say. His name's Jim Bennett. Uh, but paper ballots was uh, high on everybody's mind last night. So everybody's talking about paper ballots. Uh, term limits is big. Uh, there's still this disdain for incumbency out there. Nobody likes incumbents at the moment. And this term uniparty came up a lot last night, and even Jim Bennett, who's running against uh, Rep. Congressman Ferguson, 
talked about the uniparty a lot. And I, hey, I don't disagree with them. There's pretty much just a big corporate, big spending party in in DC and really at our state capitol. Uh, you know, it's not a lot of difference between Republicans and Democrats in Congress. They they just like to spend our money and grow to government. So I just thought it was interesting. I thought you know mentioning those four topics. Uh, but yeah, paper ballots is big. People do not trust these Dominion voting machines. I didn't realize how how angry people were and how much they just do not trust the voting process right now still. They also don't understand history. That stuffing <laughs> the ballot box was a thing. It was, yeah. But I mean, there's a reason it's called stuffing the ballot box. Plus, all you have with paper ballots, all you have to do is lose a few. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, but that's what people, I mean, people just don't trust the machines. Uh, that was the common thing. They don't trust Dominion and they don't trust- And they, uh, and they, tr- they trust the people who, they trust people counting? I know. I'm not sure paper ballot <clears throat> solves all the issues, but really the theme that people want, or they, this is what they want. They want, when Dave goes in to vote, they want to be able to track Dave back to that paper ballot that he voted on. And I don't think you'll still ever have that because there's, a, and because they can't track nowadays Dave coming in to vote with that paper ballot. You know, there's still a paper ballot that's produced. It's got a QR code on it. Uh, and then they're just doing a sampling t- uh, to do like an audit on the votes. Yeah, I mean, people want you to literally go in with a pen and or with a pencil or a pen now and check, you know, who you want but or push. They, something they don't remember two thousand with hanging chads. I know. I think there still be <clears throat> issues. I, hey, look, I'm just relating what I heard. Uh, oh no, I get uh, it. I get it. I'm just saying that, that <laughs> you have, you have to take stuff like that with a historical perspective. Yes, is, is you want to go back in time, and we had paper ballots in Florida, and we didn't have a decision for a month. No, I mean, I've, look, I voted and, you know, all honesty, I voted on the Dominion machines in 2019. I think if I knew now what I, or I, I knew then what I knew now, I probably wouldn't have voted yes on that bill. And Scott Turner, one of my colleagues back in the house, I think he was the only Republican that voted no on that. And he, I think Scott likes to tell people that now, but I think that's probably the right vote at, at, at this point in time. I, I don't know if I would still vote for the Dominion machines with some of the stuff that's come out. Well, you use the best uh, information available at the time. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to another meeting. Uh, you know, it'll be two days on Saturday. Going to another meeting this weekend, a political meeting, a Republican Party meeting. So I'm going to be interested to see what the, what kind of the, uh, you know, what kind of the temperature everybody has at that meeting. Is it again going to be a big paper ballot type thing? And what are people talking about? And this will be a larger type gathering. So I'll have to report back on that next week. Nice. So Ivy League school presidents failed to condemn anti-Semitism. This was at a, a, a hearing in Congress. It was. And this, uh, I think this went across all party lines this week. I think I saw people on all ends of the spectrum really mad at these Ivy League presidents. And it was the presence of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania. And really what, I, I think everybody saw this interview on some form of social media this week. But they just asked these presidents whether calling for the genocide of Jews violates their respective schools' code of conduct on bullying or and harassment. And all three of them said it did not uh, violate their respective schools' code of conduct unless uh, it went towards their conduct. So just saying it was not a problem unless saying it turned into some kind of conduct on their behalf. Uh, I can't believe they wouldn't come out hard against this but but they didn't yeah outright condemn it yeah none of them outright condemn this and you know what people were saying after a fact they said well what if 
what if, and this was a question that was asked to the representatives. They said, what if uh, people came on and advocated for the genocide of blacks, for example, would you say that broke your school's code of conduct? And we all know what that answer is, but they would not. Uh, and rightly so. I mean, this, if you call for any genocide of a, a group of people, uh, that sh- you should immediately be thrown out of school and, and, and all that good stuff. Right. And all these, all these universities, like this one, like one of the Congress lady, there were people not let into Harvard because they shared a meme online a couple of years ago. And that's what she brought up. She said, you haven't let people uh, into Harvard because they shared a meme online that you disagree with, but you won't call out a genocide of Jews and say that it goes against your code of conduct. It's just amazing. Yeah, they have they have no backbone. What they're doing is, is they're bowing to the a very loud, yeah, yeah, well, very, but but a very loud, very small minority, yeah, very very small. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, if if you take the temperature of the country as a whole, you realize that these people are very loud, very obnoxious, and very small. Yep, and it's even the White House condemned this. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Corrine Jean Pierre some credit here. She said that uh, she said the calls of genocide at universities were unacceptable. Uh, a private equity billionaire, Mark Rowe, and I, I don't know if anybody knows how it is. He wrote a message to the Penn trustees saying he was going to withhold money. And as this as this episode is recording, it looks like the Penn president is going to be asked to resign on Friday. So it looks like she may be gone from her job. Good riddance. I hope they get rid of the other two presidents because this was just this was the easiest question in the world to answer. Uh, yes, it is against our code of conduct, and we will not put up with it. Right. This is not just protesting the war, <clears throat> no. which, of course, you have, you have a right to do. Yes. And and we have a, a, a rich history of students protesting war. Yeah. And that's fine. <clears throat> it's yep. another thing to say, even with vague things like from, from the river to the sea. Okay, that's that's vague. But yeah, that's that's calling for genocide. It is. 100%. But when they outright say, kill every Jew— Okay, well, yeah, that's. I'm gonna say that's a violation. Do you have a right to say it? Sure. Do you have a right to stay at Harvard? No. Yep, exactly. I totally agree. I, I just this story blew up this week. I think it was last Wednesday, and it was everywhere on the news. And again, Ace, I hope these three university presidents crawled in a hole somewhere because I wonder. I just and and, and if you watch the reaction of them when they were answering the questions too, they were very smug. Even one of the ladies kind of grinned at one of the questions. I mean, they were, I've, I've, I've never seen anything like it. It just was almost pure evil watching this and watching these people I, not. I, th- just, I think it was, there's uh, arrogance. How dare you question me? It was a lot of arrogance too. You could see that. You really could. Is is yeah. How dare you question me? I've got a doctorate from Harvard. Yeah. It was one of the worst things I've seen in Congress. Uh, one of the worst performances by anybody testifying. I just, I can't believe they wouldn't call it out. Or show a little humility. Yes, you know, you, you know, show show a little humility. None of it. There, there. Of course, I, I'd probably be just just as smug if I was asked to uh, uh, testify before Congress. But <laughs> why did you? None of your business, right? And that and that's why I would get a contempt of Congress. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, my answer would be, you have no idea the contempt I have for Congress. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah, it was that was that was bad. I just it just it was a, it was a bad showing. It was terrible. Uh, but, but, but we do have people. Pop and smoke. Wow. Which means so like, that yeah, last they're uh, leaving Congress. <laughs> Gee, I didn't see this coming. Well, I sort of did see Kevin McCarthy. So we had two big 
uh, people announced they're leaving Congress. Kevin McCarthy, who's a former speaker, he's elected back in 2006, who represents a district in California. He said he was leaving actually at the end of the year, Dave. So he's gone at the end of the year, and there's going to be a special election in California to fill his seat in March. And then a former temporary speaker, Patrick McHenry, said he was going to serve throughout his term, but he was not going to uh, run again. I'm kind of surprised that McCarthy's not going to finish out his term. I know. I don't like uh, – he should have to pay for that special election. I'm not a big fan of people retiring in the middle of their uh, middle of their service to the people. Yeah, this is not, a, this is not uh, Isaacson. This is not a health thing. No, it's not. He's just – This is – he's I'm fed done. up with it. I'm going home. Yep, I'm fed up. I'm going home. And, you know, he'd been in since 2006, like I said, so what, 17 years. Uh, Patrick McHenry – has been in since 2004, so he's actually going to serve 20 years in Congress, which goes towards my term limits uh, earlier. I mean, these people have been in 18 to 20 years. It, it's time to go home. I mean, how long should you serve in Congress? And that's why it is so bad, because these guys just get used to Washington, D.C. They're probably living in Washington, D.C. I'm sure Kevin McCarthy lives in D.C. and doesn't fly back home to Washington or California every week. Uh, yeah, it, look, you cannot serve 20 years. Good riddance. Yeah, it, it does kind of put uh, <clears throat> Republicans in, in a pickle. Oh, it does. Yeah. I think they've got a one seat majority now when McCarthy leaves. So it's very, very tight, and which is, gives even more credence or credence to people like uh, Matt Gates at this point. And, and I love Thomas Massey, but those people actually have a little bit of power at this point to, to derail legislation that they don't like. Well, what's going to happen is it's just going to get it's just going to get locked down. Twenty twenty four, nothing's going to happen. It's yep. going to be an election year. You're going to see a bunch of resolutions drop that don't get picked up. You see a bunch of pieces of legislation drop that won't get picked up, yep. so that these reps can go back go back to their uh, districts and go, "Look what I'm trying to do for you. Give yep. me another two years so I can get it done." I did. Uh, I, I forget what website I got this off of, but the quote on the website, I think it's CNN or MSNBC. It said, "Despite his this is something about." Uh, Patrick McHenry said, despite his solidly conservative positions and voting records, McHenry is seen on Capitol Hill as a pragmatist, pragmatist and widely respected in both parties. If you go look at his voting record, he has like a 54 from the Liberty Institute. I mean, this guy's nowhere. He has no solid conservative voting record. He's just a moderate Republican, middle of the road. Yeah, he's like a typical Republican up there, right? Uh, it's not conservative in the least bit. Well, that's the thing is, is we start counting R's and D's right. and the, 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 and they're on spectrums. Yep. <clears throat> not all the D's are, are with the squad nope. and not all the R's can be with gets. But I think the longer you stay in DC, the more you go from the, the, uh, the wings of the party sometimes, uh, to the middle and the middle and it goes to the uniparty, right? It was just what people were talking about last night. It's just one big party that wants to spend taxpayer money. I mean, that's, what most people in Congress want to do at the end of the day. Yeah, as, as they all want to bring money home to their districts. Yep. Yep. And, you know, we passed, I don't know if you saw, but the deficit passed this week, $100,000 per person. Because I think it passed 33 or $34 trillion in debt. So every person, not every taxpayer, but every person in the U.S. right now has a $100,000 debt tag uh, hanging around them. Yeah, and what's the median income? Sixty. Yeah, sixty. Yep. Something yeah. like that. <clears throat> At some point, they've got to get. They either got to get this under control, the spending, 
or it's going to get them under control, right? We're going to have some type of event that just, you know, rocks the United States and then rocks the global economy. I don't want that to happen, but you cannot keep spending the type of money we are and not expect something to happen. Right. Well, you got Venezuela about to pop off. Yep. We've got uh, two wars we're supporting. Uh, you got Ukraine. You've got you got Israel, and then you've got China threatening. <clears throat> and trust me, the uh, the Venezuelans are in with China. Mm-hmm. Plus, how bad uh, do you, how bad do you have to be managing money and have that many natural resources in, in Venezuela, and then go? We need to take theirs. <laughs> I know exactly. <clears throat> <laughs> but. But it's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, and it is it is a good good uh, study for term limits. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, people hate Congress, but they tend to like the congressperson. <laughs> that is true. It's tough to beat an incumbent. We all know that it's very difficult, very expensive. Even even if they like them or not, they just tend to vote incumbent. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's it's, this guy last night that spoke. I mean, he's got no chance against Congressman Ferguson. Uh, but, I mean, he's out there trying hard, and he's going to pay his four or $5,000 to run, but it's almost impossible to beat a congressman unless you can raise you know, a couple million dollars and they get caught doing something wrong. Yeah, hey, well, yeah, a couple million dollars, and you still have to play for them to make a mistake. Yes, right. And in any sort of sport, that that's a bad strategy. Yep, exactly. As you know, I'll be fine as long as he screws up. <laughs> so, Rich McCormick and MTG... So we're going to throw down. Yeah. So reports came out that uh, Rich McCormick laid his hands on Marjorie Taylor Greene. It sounded like when they were. Uh, th- so what the bat story on this is, if you remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene put a resolution out there censoring R- Rashida Tlaib, the Democrat Congress lady out of Michigan. And then Rich McCormick put his own version out that was actually passed. So it sounds like Rich... I don't know what happened here, but they had some kind of physical altercation with MTG and um, she went to leadership about it. From what I understand from seeing interviews with him is he grabbed her by the back of the shoulders and shook her and he was, he was being funny yeah. <clears throat> and jerked her around a little too much. And he, <clears throat> something that, that I learned as, as a, as a, as a boy, you don't rough house with girls like you do with boys. <laughs> right. Had I grabbed you like that, it'd be fine. From from what he says happened, yes. But you, I mean, look, you but, can't but, do I, that but, in but, any elected capacity. You can't come behind a lady or anybody really and grab their shoulders and shake them. I mean, that, Rich McCormick should have known better than to do that. Oh, you do it to your buddies. You could, but not your buddy. That you're probably yeah. You can, but yeah, if, you do it to your buddies. But if one Is of my he, buddies <clears throat> introduced a. If well, when I, if I introduced a resolution and one of my other buddies introduced it, there'd probably be some hard feelings al- already. So I'm not sure if you know, coming up shaking them from behind would be the right thing to do at that point. Maybe have a discussion on it, but yeah, this is uh, I don't know. Very poor decision making. It is. It's very poor decision making. And, and, and don't lay your hands on people. Yes. Like I said, if it's your buddy, or if if, if, if uh, you and I had competing resolutions and I walked up behind you and pat you on the back and say, look, I have no hard feelings, yep, exactly. uh, so, so something like that, <clears throat> fine. 
And had he done that to 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 uh, to Green, they probably wouldn't find him. He just pat on the back and say, "Look, no hard feelings. There were a couple of things in your resolution that just were not going to were not going to happen." Uh, I, th- I felt that, that this resolution gave us the best opportunity to publicly uh, uh, discipline. Yes, right. uh, to leap. That's know, right. And, and, yeah, is is handle things like an adult. And I, I don't I don't think he was meaning to attack her. I just think it's inappropriate, and that's just not that's just not something you do in Congress or not. You just don't grab a woman from behind and start shaking her. Yep, exactly. Hell, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to my wife, and, I, and I'm allowed <laughs> to lay my hands on her. <laughs> Might get a black eye. <laughs> At least <laughs> that woman cleaned my clock, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's just. He he made a, he made a statement, but he says that they've they've spoken since and everything's fine and everybody's happy and <clears throat> and all that stuff. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's just a, I, I don't I, I don't think it was malicious. I don't either. It's just people are you just, know, just stupid. It is, and, and, we, and we all do stupid stuff. Right? I, mean, I mean, it's an emotional type topic, and MTG probably didn't like when he introduced the resolution, and she sure didn't like him doing this. So, yep, right. So Republicans win big in the special session. I know this was uh, this kind of came out of nowhere too. So you know the only reason Republicans or the General Assembly in Georgia had a special session is because the Democrats uh, filed a lawsuit against the maps that were drawn last year. Uh, so there were a couple things in special session, and it only lasted a week. It, they Sonny died last Thursday. Uh, I saw that, so uh, I don't think there were any papers thrown either, but there were a couple issues. There were a couple things that came out of this. So they, uh, they, they, the Republicans forced Democrats to take a position on that proposed Atlanta police and firefighter training complex. So Democrats had to take a position on that, probably the, the wrong position, because they said they were against it, which I, don't, I think most people out there, most normal voters are for that training complex. Then... I think this was a little uh, overdone, but Governor Kemp announced uh, last Monday that he was going to accelerate the largest income tax. Or he's he's going to accelerate the tax cuts. Uh, they're going to drop the rate from 5.49 down another 10 basis points to 5.39. If you make $100,000, that's going to save you 100 bucks a year. Median income in Georgia is, what, $50,000 a day, so that's going to save people $50 a year. And they acted like the second coming of Jesus during this meeting. I thought it was a little overplayed. But then they uh, also had a couple of resolutions uh, supporting Israel, and the Democrats pitched a fit on that. So they Democrats just looked really, really stupid this week by opposing the Atlanta police and fire tra- firefighter training complex, opposing this resolution supporting Israel, and then Governor Kemp came out with this additional tax cut. So it was a, it was a good week for Republicans in the state house and Senate, and they get to roll right into an election year with it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And those issues those issues are settled. You yes, don't have to bring right. it up in the, in, the, in the session coming up. It's settled. It's settled, yep. There's no need to come up with that. Yeah, I mean, I love that. Look, I, hey, I always want to save money. I love the tax cut. It's good. But 549 to 539, you're hardly going to notice that next year. Georgia's got a $16 billion rainy day fund. It used to be $3 billion when I was in office. So it's gone from $3 billion in 2019 to $16 billion nowadays. Yeah, but it's worth the same. Yeah, I mean – why not go from five four nine down to five, right? Let's let's make a little more substantial. You only get this opportunity every once in a while to drop the income tax rate. It would have been nice to drop it a little bit quicker than what the governor's proposing. But good for him to to knock it down a little bit more. It just would have been better to knock it down another 
100 basis points or 50 basis points. Yeah, absolutely. It, again, it's a $16 billion reserve. I know, right, right. And and I I would guess the political reason for, for slowly lowering it is, one, to, to get the win, leave more wins on the table. Yes. Also, it, it avoids having to raise taxes should the recession really, really yes, hit. Is, I think that's a good point because you don't know if we're going to have some type of down economy over the next couple of years. So you do it slow to make sure you don't, like you said, have to end up raising taxes at a certain point. And that's suicide. Yeah, it is. It is. That's, that's, that, that's political suicide. That the <clears throat> minute Republicans raise taxes, and if we use the fifty dollars $50 a year, yep, you know, so something like that. It's, it's even if it's fifty bucks a year, it doesn't matter. The minute they they raise taxes a fraction of a of, of a percent, they're done. Every yeah. incumbent's gone. Yeah, and this is. I mean, this is helping Governor Kemp as he rolls into. I mean, we're he's going to run for Senate probably in twenty twenty six. I mean, that election cycle will start early 2025, so he's only 16 months away from really announcing he's going to run for Senate if he does. So he continues to be able to drip out this type of stuff, which will just help his uh, chances of being elected senator if he chooses to run even more. So it's very he, smart he, political. I mean, it's very smart on his part to do this. Yeah, it's his political acuity is, is very high on this because yep. he's been able to stand up and during the pandemic, he suspended ta- gas taxes. Yep. Uh, when we ran a surplus, came continued to push for lower taxes. Yep. I mean, the, 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 com- There's a lot of stuff here. He's yeah, right the commercials out. write themselves. Yep, they really do. You will never buy off teachers, but when when <laughs> citizens hear, because that's the first, our teachers don't get paid enough, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but when he says, I, I, I raised teacher pay, he's not buying off teachers. It's, he's he's creating that narrative when he runs for Senate is, is stood up for education, stood up for our educators, lower taxes. I agree. So, to uh, to steal something from the talking heads, burning down the house. A oh. woman tries to burn down the MLK, uh, MLK's birth home. I know. Did you see this? This happened last Thursday night. But uh, there were two like u- tourists from Utah that were just had decided to stop by the MLK birth home. And they saw this lady pouring gas on the home. And they start filming it, right? They don't actually ask her what she's doing. So they instantly start filming. Uh, but then she goes back over to her bag and gets a lighter out. And when she got the lighter out, they're like, okay, we've got to intervene at this point. So they were these two Utah, Utah tourists walked up. And there were also two off-duty New York City police officers nearby. And they ended up being able to uh, hold this lady down until the Atlanta Police Department got over there. But she was, yeah, she was trying to burn Martin Luther King's birth home down. And it was like... And middle of the afternoon, 5.45 p.m. on that Thursday afternoon. And these are all tourists. Yeah, all tourists. Yep. They, they, these are all tourists who stop her. <laughs> yes, these, are, these are citizens that are, that are willing to stand up and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know, and right. No, no, you're not going to do that. <clears throat> yep. uh, and and thank God for the, for the two uh, NYPD uh, officers that, that were, I, I have no idea why you'd come to Atlanta on vacation, but, but vac- vac- vacationing here <clears throat> and stepped in and stopped it. I know. And that lady, and she was a 26-year-old, uh, Lanisha Chantrice Henderson is her name. Uh, she's a military veteran. Her dad says she'd been missing for a couple of days and has mental illness. It sounds like there's some mental, mental illness going on in this case, but uh, thank goodness they intervened in this. I was so worried when I, when I first saw the story that it, that it was some group of white guys are trying to burn down MLK's, MLK's house. <clears throat> Nothing makes it any better or worse. Right. It's just that the, the, that would trigger the narrative. 
Yes, that would and, yeah, that would have been a bad narrative. Yep. Is is uh, then we'd be look we we'd be looking at everything but the MLK house burning. Right. Uh, she uh she, she is a, a, apparently a military vet has a mental illness. Uh, she was taken for a mental evaluation before being booked in jail. Now, what that what that evaluation entails, I have no idea. Obviously, it's not an in depth. You know what's going on with her. I think it's just is, is she a danger to herself? Yep. Before before taking her to the jail. Uh that was one more thing on Fannie Willis's plate. I know she's in Fulton County Jail. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't. It would be interesting to find out in her whacked out mind what what she was doing, what statement she was making. Yeah. Because you don't no pick clue. that. It wasn't. The house wasn't being picked on random. Yeah, right, right. I mean, she knew exactly where she was going. She, 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 she planned. She, she bought a gas can. I mean, who, who rides around with a gas can in their car? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, she probably would have lit herself on fire too. I mean, quite accidentally, because the way she was—I I saw the video. The way she was splashing you know, the gasoline around I me mean, oh, had to so get she some probably on had her. Gas on herself too. Yep. Yeah, so she, uh, maybe she was planning on committing suicide, and I have no no idea, no yeah. idea what what her what her grandiose plan was, and and nobody does until they actually get her in a in a room with a shrink and and start peeling back the layers of messed up stuff in her head. Yep. Hopefully, they can get to the bottom of this and get her some mental help if she needs it. Obviously, it sounds like she needs it, but hopefully, she can get some mental help. She needs inpatient care. If she's if she's that far gone, she's inpatient care. This is not a go see a therapist twice a week. <laughs> right, right. So gun sales hit record high on Black Friday. <laughs> I know. Did you see these numbers? Wow. Uh, they hit a new record. National gun sales the, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, it sounds like the national background check system processed 214,000, almost 215,000 background checks on Black Friday. And I realize not everything goes through NICS. Right, right. That's an 11% bump, too, from last year. So 11% well, about more it. people. <clears throat> when, I buy, when I buy a gun, I don't, it doesn't go through NICS. Because mm-hmm. you've got I've got a concealed weapons license. Yeah. Yep. So I don't get background checked. And, and you got to think, that the I won't say the majority, but a huge population just in Georgia Carry, the only reason we have a, a, a weapons license is, is reciprocity and not having to wait wait three days for for a, a next check to come back. Because yeah. yeah. because if I do it, because my name is very common, David Roberts, I'm getting a three day hold. Yep. Yeah, there's, just, I, there's just so many of us. I was going to say, what I thought was very interesting. This day ranks third on the their top ten highest days, and you know what the two days that were higher than on Black Friday this year? What's that? They were the two days in March 2021 that, that uh, were just after the COVID lockdowns were declared. So that the two highest days from a background check perspective is after the COVID lockdowns back in 2021. <laughs> I did not realize that many people rushed out to buy firearms at that point. There are, there are also a bunch of good deals that were out on Black Friday. Yeah. <clears throat> and with, with, uh, with gun prices inching up, there's there's so many guns in the market right now that that the the prices aren't going to get out of control again. I don't think. Right. But I know ammo sold like crazy when Israel popped off. Yeah, they said that's a big thing that people are uh, giving to family members and other people this Christmas. Is ammo is a gift that uh, is very popular this year. Ammo reloading equipment. Yep. Uh, 
It's just stuff you you can't lay your hands on. No, I know. And, and look, guns are, are a great gift for Christmas. Mm-hmm. They are. So if everybody's wondering, <laughs> I uh, I'm a 300 blackout in uh, in <laughs> AR-15s. <clears throat> Actually, I got my 300 blackout stuff. But but yeah, it's very interesting that that we we take uh, Black Friday and, <clears throat> and celebrate freedom. Yep, exactly. And, and traditionally, a day that people get in fistfights. And I wonder, I'd love to see the statistics on those background checks. How many were men or uh, man versus female, right? Were 70% men out shopping and going through the next background check? Or was there a pretty large majority of women out there? And I'd also like to see it broken down by racial groups to see if, you know, white versus black versus whoever. Like, what was the percentage? Maybe we need to look in it a little bit more. But I'd love to see who is actually buying all these guns on Black Friday. Right. I mean, that's... <clears throat> there was a huge influx in minority gun ownership during the lockdowns. Yeah, right. And during during the riots, is there was a huge uptick, and there were there were uh, even at the gun club where where I frequent, uh, there were uh, black specialty instructors that were that were taking people who've never owned guns before and taking them in the range and teaching them how to use them and, and all that stuff. And I thought that was that was that was great. Yep. That the more an armed society is a polite society. And the more responsible gun owners we have, the better off we are. It also makes it a whole hell of a lot more difficult for the government to take them because they have no idea. I mean, you're talking about <clears throat> you're talking about a quarter million just in one day. I know that's crazy. <clears throat> you know, and we have no idea how many. And those may have been multiple gun purchases. Yeah, they say they're still. We're on a clip, and this is four years running, where there's been over a million per month bought for the last four years. So twelve million a year times four years. So forty-eight million guns have been bought over the last four years, at least. That's over a million per month, and that's just going through this background, the NICS background check. So you got to figure that million dollar, that million is kind of low. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's me a million and a half. Yep. Like I said, <clears throat> per month. The, uh, it's just huge. Yeah, that that that, that that's. That that does doesn't include doesn't include just the forty four seventy three. That's all, I mean that's all you have to all you and I have to do is throw your ID down and fill mm-hmm. out forty four seventy three. Twenty minutes later, walk out with your gun. Yep, exactly. And all of this is just filed paperwork. <clears throat> the only way to actually have an idea of how much would be to audit every FFL in the country and start counting up the individual guns that were sold on on every forty four seventy three. And that would be that task would be almost impossible. Yeah, right. <clears throat> So you're looking for a job? Apparently, the government's hiring. <laughs> Where are all these government jobs coming from? So the, the payroll uh, numbers came out last Friday. Not, uh, so this was a big number that uh, you know the Fed's looking at to see if they're uh, increasing interest rate policies are working or not, seeing if inter- you know seeing if uh, inflation is going down. But the number of jobs uh, were adjusted to almost two hundred thousand, one hundred ninety-nine thousand jobs in November. Uh, but what was interesting about this is healthcare was the biggest growth. So out of those 199,000, 77,000 were in healthcare, but government added 49,000 jobs in November. So 25% of the jobs added in November were in government and 49,000. That's like a thousand jobs per state. If you just see, you know, if you just did the math, I mean, it's obviously not equal like that across states, but who is hiring all these government employees? You know, when the government shuts down, they say non-essential employees stay home. <laughs> the, the question is always, why does the government have non-essential employees? Right. Yeah. 
uh, I, I don't know if the, and it'd be interesting to see how this government employees breaks down. Is it local, state, or federal? But boy, that's a huge number to be hired in November. Most companies are starting to slow down towards the end of the year in hiring. Uh, not the government. I mean, they're full speed ahead. Well, you got to remember that government runs October to October. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is the beginning of uh, what you're this, saying. This, 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 yeah, year. this is the beginning of their year. So they just they just got their new budget numbers and the, and their their new acquisition numbers and all that stuff. So yeah, the federal government is it, uh, what we consider fourth quarter is their first quarter. Yep. So that that could have something something to do with it. But yeah, it, it's somewhat disturbing that twenty five percent of the new jobs uh, created in November were government. Yep. Yes. And, and do I know if it's is we're working in the city clerk's office or if it's an IRS agent? We have no idea. No, we don't. I'm sure those numbers are available to us. I mean, we, I'm sure we could go by, uh, you know, go through department by department. But <clears throat> again, that that task is so, I mean, so enormous that it, it's just the the information would be interesting to have. I just don't know anybody that's going to put that sort of time into uh, no, no, not us into anyway. researching it. Not with day jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may, we may work own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. The mule is mine. <laughs> John Kerry says, no new cold fire electrical plants. Wow. So we're getting rid of coal-fired electrical plants at this point. Anywhere wow. in the world. Besides this policy just being idiotic, why is John Kerry still telling anybody what to do? When is this guy I, going away? He's a special <clears throat> presidential envoy for climate. Yeah. That flies around the world in a private jet. Right. It was, it was, a, 20, it was a 2023 United Nations Climate Change Conference. Now, there's nothing, nothing he says is binding. Nothing they come up with is binding. You can't tell a developing nation that can't burn coal. To, right. I mean, electricity is now in any sort of modern society is absolutely necessary. Yep. So if you want to take a, take a, a dirt poor nation, you know, anywhere in the world and, and modernize it, you have to have electricity and you're not getting it from solar and wind. Mm-hmm. We haven't perfected the renewables yet. It's, it. The, the energy it takes to create solar doesn't doesn't equate what actual solar actually gives you. Yep. And the only way you get you get solar on your house to, to actually work is a bunch of rebates from the federal government, a bunch of tax credits. That's the only way to make it viable. <clears throat> and most solar stuff is just to pay off to China. John but my note Jerry. on there, yeah, he's out there looking like Eric Stoltz from Mask. I know. It just, it just, he looks awful. He does. I mean, it's time to back away from the Botox, brother. <laughs> Glenn Beck did a, did a thing back when he was running for office, when Kerry was running for president, called Project Longface. He had a giant float that would that, that had a moving mouth on it, and they would start they would start playing John Kerry quotes. And he called it Project Longface. Glenn Beck used to be funny before he lost his mind. <laughs> I still listen to Glenn Beck every once in a while. He seems like he's uh, sort of got it back now. Is he, is he back on level? Yeah, I think he now, is. Now, look, p- paranoia will do that to you. And look, he was justifiably paranoid. I mean, mm-hmm. he, had, he had death threats and all that stuff. And, right. 
uh, I think one day on when he had this Fox program, he was attempting to print out the uh, uh, the medical or the the Obama bill, and he put the printer on and ran it for the entire hour and couldn't get all the pages through. <laughs> so, I have the noose is tightening, but do you think the noose is tightening around Hunter Biden? So I, I think what you're trying to to point out is is this a ruse to keep Hunter from testifying before Congress, or are the government really going after Hunter? And they actually are these charges legit? Uh, and backstory on this is this last week he was indicted on nine tax charges in California as part of a special investigation into billing or investigation to the business dealings of President Joe Biden's son Hunter. Uh, going into 2024 election. So, I mean, this is nine new charges in California by a special counsel. This is on top of his gun charge in Delaware. Yes, right. This was three felonies and six misdemeanors. So this is not just misdemeanors, it's three felonies also. And this is on top of all those Delaware charges. Now, look, he <clears throat> this, this, this information was available to us a year ago, and it was shut down. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we had uh, IRS, not IRS, I think it was IRS whistleblowers go before Congress that all of a sudden uh, Garland's uh, Justice Department decides that we're going to look into this. Yep. Now, yeah, my, my, my question really is, it, now he, he can't testify before Congress. I mean, they can call him in, but he's going to take the fifth. He has active investigations. Plus, the DOJ has said it is a uh, continuing to be an open investigation, which means there's no Freedom of Information Act on it. And so, it just, and the, and the, the thing is, they, well, this is tax charges, right? So they said he had the means. So Hunter obviously didn't pay his taxes from 2016 to 20, but they said he chose to spend his money elsewhere. And the funny thing is, he spent $683,000 in payments uh, to various women, almost 400000 on clothing accessories, and $189,000 on adult entertainment. And he also spent $27,000 in payments to an online pornography website. (laughs) Jeez, this guy's got a problem. (laughs) Who pays for porn? Uh, Hunter Biden, obviously. Uh, All dude is at a party. The the numbers are staggering. (laughs) Right. But what this this does is it starts to highlight, where did he get this money? I don't know. Uh, well, that's the thing. Is he's, yeah, he's, you know where he's getting he, it. I mean, he's getting it from Ukraine and China, I, I think, is where it's coming from. I think the number was like $6 million from China. Yep. <clears throat> that's where it's coming from. And is is this a, a, a precursor and could be used as, as a evidence in, a, in an impeachment? Yeah, we'll see. Because really, this this all ties back to the conversations that that he had on the Snapchat and and all this. St- or oh, no, it was on um, what's what's the, the the app that you use out of the country? Uh, WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yep. That I've got my dad. I've got him right here. Do you want me to put him on the phone? I'm ready for the payment. I'm like that's brazen. And it's like I got the big man beside me. You want to talk to him? And then the next day or whatever it is, the next day or two, money comes in. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in a relatively short period of time, five years, whatever it, whatever it was, uh-huh. on on hookers. And yeah. and he was getting paid a million dollars a year from uh, that Ukrainian 
what gas company that he said on the board of uh, Burisma. I mean, that's a million dollars a year for for never. I mean, understanding anything about Burisma, uh, it was just for influence. I mean, I, I think he's technically an attorney. Yeah, he is an attorney. Yep. But I th- he does better than most attorneys. <laughs> he does. But as an attorney, how do you how do you believe that that this is okay? I mean, I understand you're a cokehead. Yep. But yeah, you know, this this could this could have been addressed very easily. Like, pay your back taxes, file your stuff, say you're sorry. But the the point of saying is he had the money. Yeah, he just so spent it on stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're not picking on somebody who's poor. How do you spend four hundred thousand dollars on clothing and accessories? I don't, in, that, in that period of time, yeah, I work at home. I hardly spend three hundred ninety-seven dollars a year on clothing and accessories. That wouldn't help you much anyway. <laughs> but yeah, clothing and accessories. Does that mean buying jewelry? For, accessories could be jewelry. Yeah, it could be. It could be handbags. I mean, it's that, <clears throat> it could be anything. Yeah, well, stuff he's buying buying the girls, or you know, when you when you wear ten thousand dollars suits. You know, the the, yeah, the pictures you see him. I mean, he, yeah, he's he's wearing ten thousand dollar custom made suits. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not he's not buying up the rack at men's warehouse. <laughs> no. And, and look, those numbers wouldn't bother me if if Joe Biden wasn't the one who who looked looked directly in the camera and said, "It's time for you to pay your fair share." I know, and 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 Biden. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's all cricket, right? And there's money moving around all over the place. Uh, Biden has spent his years in the Senate making, what's the Senate make? $180,000, $200,000 a year? Something and, like that, yeah. And he's got tons of money now. So it's just, it's just uh, shuffling uh, the chairs around with money. I heard a theory that everybody knew Joe was dirty. Obama knew Joe was dirty. And Obama kept it under control as not to, as not to, to affect him. Right, because because he knew you know uh, being the first black president, if if that sort of corruption came on him, it w- it would be bad. So he 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 kept he kept Joe under wraps. It's one of the reasons that that Obama didn't endorse him in uh, in sixteen. Mm-hmm. Was uh, he, he knew Joe was dirty and wanted Joe out of the way. It's still, Obama to this day isn't Joe's biggest uh, uh, fan. Yep. <clears throat> like he tolerates him. Because cause you kind of have to, and you have a public face out there. But Obama didn't pick Biden because he likes him. <laughs> he picked Biden because he needed somebody with national experience. Yeah, he did. And we see this with running mates all the time. Johnson and Kennedy didn't like each other. Uh, you know, we, we see that all the time. Is, is Johnson came onto the J- Kennedy ticket because Kennedy was was a was a, a, a Yankee with a with a New England accent, and he needed this needed Johnson to deliver the South. That's the only reason he brought Johnson in, which was to deliver the South. And we see that with running mates. And Obama being coming out of out of you know state politics and, and all that stuff, community organizer, he needed he needed somebody with political gravitas, and that's why he, he brought Biden in. But he never trusted Biden the further he could throw him. Yeah, right. And I'm not I'm not praising Obama. I'm just saying that 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 he was Biden was was kept under wraps and with very few responsibilities and just just go over there, sit at the Naval Observatory and don't touch anything. Come over, smile when I tell you to tell you to smile, then go back to the observatory and sit there. <clears throat> so everybody's known for decades that 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 Biden's crooked, but knowing it and proving it are two different things. And actually having a DOJ looking looking into it. 
But it's it, it's just curious to me that it's coming right right into as we're going to twenty four. Is this an attempt by the Democrats to force Joe out, or is this a cha- uh, an opportunity to cover Joe because now Hunter can't testify? And it could be to cover him. I mean, it really could because if he can't testify, then the Congress is at a loss at that point. Yeah. So so you go to the, their wacky logic is Joe wins in twenty four. Uh, the second week of November, he pardons he pardons Hunter for everything. And he rolls into his to his next term. Mm-hmm. Could be because because there Joe has no other no other uh, race to run. I mean, this is it. If he even makes it, if he makes it that far, this this is it. This is, there there is no there is no sun up for for Joe tomorrow. This right, is it. This right. is this this is his his swan game. So him parting his son is not is not going to hurt him. I mean, it's not like like what he's going to lose re reelection. No. And if he loses, same thing. He pardons Biden or pardons Hunter on his way out. Either way, Hunter Biden never sees the inside of a jail cell. Uh, no chance. He's not going to jail. Yeah, it, it would even it it would even go to trial before before November next year. I mean, you could do a bunch of delay actions, uh, file a bunch of motions, and and go through discovery for the next twelve months, and poof. We're at the we're at the end of the election season. Uh, uh, Biden can can sign off on it, and and Hunter will go back to whatever it is that Hunter does. Peddling influence, I guess. That is true. I mean, that's really all he's all, all he's done. Besides, besides, you know, coke and hookers. <laughs> who documents that? Who documents their stuff with coke and hookers? I mean, who? Uh, no clue. <laughs> like who turns the camera on and like stay, who gets an, who gets an argument with a hooker over whether a crack rock is weighs this much or that much and has it on camera. Who does this? I want more people than you, uh, than you're aware of. Well, it's also, it's, it's also arrogance. Do you know who I am? Yeah, I know. That's what it like, is. Like they're, they're not coming after me. My father's the vice president. They're not coming after me. My father's the president. You know, everything from down to knocking up a stripper and denying it. Can't deny a DNA, sucker. <laughs> <clears throat> they're just, they're just, they're just an awful family. It is. It's, uh, yeah, it's a terrible family. Hopefully they'll be gone know, next November. God willing. And, and just go away. Yes, you please know, go, go away. Yeah, uh, Molly Crew. Don't go away mad. Just go away. All right, Kenny, what you got for closing thoughts? Well, I think I told you earlier, we, uh, I'm taking, as this show drops, Luke and I will be going to Spain next week for a week. A uh, little guy's trip, so he's looking forward to that. And we'll be in Madrid for a few days and Barcelona for a few days. So looking forward to going across the pond, spending a little time eating tapas and uh, maybe having some sangria. Oh, you know, you'll pound sangria by, by, by just a pitcher full. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it goes down like a fat kid on a seesaw. <laughs> nice. No, I I, absolutely, I I love Spain. In fact, when we were talking before, I recommended some, some of the restaurants that, that we love in, in Madrid. Uh, I know it's such a such a privileged conversation that we have. Like, oh, hold on a second. I, I, got, I, I know these are the restaurants that I like, that I like, you know, across the pond. <laughs> such, such a such a entitled prick thing to say isn't I know, it? across the pond <laughs> <laughs> that is bad i mean look look i travel truly expands your horizons and then uh, you're, you're doing the best you can for your boys to is to expose them to to as many cultures as possible and 
and even within Spain, you're going to visit two distinct, distinctly different cultures being in the north in Barcelona and, and Spain and Madrid and central Spain. Yeah, I heard they're a lot and, different. <clears throat> And you'd even, and if you went further south to Malaga, you'd find a, a, a different culture down there, which is more beachy and and different foods and stuff like that. But they, they, it's, uh, I, I absolutely love Spain. It, I, I, you're a lot different from me. You're you're a get up at five thirty in the morning and go go go. I'm much more like Spain, dude. Get up at ten, go get a coffee and a croissant. You know, chill out, <clears throat> go to lunch around two or three. Have a big meal, chill out, then go to dinner at ten, and then then you know go to flamenco dancing until two o'clock in the morning, and or shows or whatever else you're doing. I mean, it's 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 a very cool lifestyle. It's, it's not very efficient. I mean, you you certainly wouldn't want your like you know your your doctor having that sort of. Thing. I need to get an appointment. Uh, the doctor doesn't come in until eleven. Then he leaves at two for three hours. <laughs> well, nice. <laughs> And look, there's the stuff for the tourists is open all the time. I mean, it, that that they don't the the idea that they shut down for siesta is is kind of inaccurate. The, <clears throat> maybe not all the shops, but tourists. Trust me, tourists can get fed at noon. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I'll need that. The, 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 the only thing I do recommend is not eating at the hotel. Go to find yourself a panderia and get yourself a, a, a roll for breakfast and a cup of coffee because, like, paying nineteen euro for a, for a cold breakfast. No, I never, yeah, I don't do the hotel yeah. food. Well, congratulations to uh, to Fayette County. Uh, they just landed the U.S. Soccer Federation uh, is going to move their headquarters and training facility to Fayette County. Very nice. It's a big, big get. This is off of uh, uh, Georgia Virtue. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's talking about four hundred plus jobs for Fayette County. And for people unfamiliar <clears throat> with Fayette County, and I compare Paulding County to Fayette a lot <clears throat> when they're talking about developing uh, Paulding County. Fayette County has no interstate. Uh, you have 85 that runs down to Fayetteville, and then you have 74 that runs down to Peachtree City, and then you have 54 that goes across, uh, will go, goes across to Noonan from Peachtree City and Fayetteville. But those, these are all state roads. So all the stuff that we say in, in Paulding County, well, we don't have interstate, we you know, can't develop this, can't develop that. Fayette County keeps landing big hospital deals. Uh, they do have a, a general aviation airport, just like Paulding County does. Uh, and they were able to go out and recruit what, what what seemingly is is a very nice, very clean, and low traffic impact for 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 the most part facility. Yep, it's a big deal. That's about thirty minutes away from where I live. It's going to be a huge deal for the area. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a sucker fan at all. I mean, I I, I barely raise an eyebrow when when the World Cup comes on. The only <laughs> thing I know with the World Cup is if if I have. Uh, if I have folks from another country that work for me, that if their if their country's at like a noon game, just don't even expect them to come in. Like I, I had a crew had like three Mexican guys on, and Mexico's playing in the World Cup. I just went ahead and just take the day off. Like, oh, it'll be there at ten tomorrow. No, you won't. Nice. No, you won't. <laughs> you'll be you'll be you'll you'll be watching the World Cup. No, just go ahead and take the day off. We'll schedule around it. <clears throat> but no, this is this is really 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 cool for Fayette County, and, and good on their I'm sure Chamber of Commerce. Good on their their. Um, Board of Commissioners that 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 went out and got it. Yep, very good. And Fayette County also has a, a a big movie studio. 
they've, they've landed all the stuff with not having an interstate. And in, in, in smaller counties like Paulding, we, we, we whine, piss, and moan about not having an interstate and things keep falling flat. Our airport, well, actually, our airport's coming along now, but sued ourselves over the airport. Uh, about about put about bankrupt ourselves suing ourselves trying to get this trying to make a, a general aviation airport commercial now we've got aviation academy and a museum out there and everything's going great but but it just it, it, it took just us beating our heads against the wall for so damn long to to, to get to the point where okay now let's admit it's just a general aviation airport let's develop let's develop what we have out there so that brings us to the end of 298 we we are creeping towards uh, 300. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do yet, but we're we're working on something. So for my partner in this endeavor, Ken Poland, for our awesome editor who's going to attempt to take this awful audio turn into something that you can listen to, Eric Cumby. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon